Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when this thought hits you. Okay, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, the whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. I love bacon. It's hard to find somebody who doesn't love bacon. All bacon's good, right? Yeah, but some bacon is next level and when I talk about next level, I'm talking about right brand bacon. We had so much up here that the guys on the show were fighting for it. Eddie posted a big case of it that he took home. Right brand is the number one thick cut, hand trimmed, real wood smoked bacon. You just have to try it to believe. So bacon lovers, do yourself a big favor. Go out and get yourself some right brand bacon today. It's time you experience bacon the right way. Hey, Bobby Bones here to introduce you to a new weekly podcast out every Sunday featuring five of my favorite podcasts on the Nashville Podcast Network. The Bobbycast, Four Things with Amy Brown, Sore Losers, hosted by Lunchbox and Raymundo, Get Real with Caroline Hobby, and Mike D's Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. All these podcasts cover a variety of topics from music to movies to healthy living to self-care and sports, and the hosts usually have a, well, different guest or expert, or they're an expert in their own mind. So each Sunday... We're going to share highlights with you guys. To get us started highlighting some clips, here is Lily Rose on the Bobbycast talking about being defined by only one genre and how she really didn't take off until she downloaded TikTok. You're figuring out who you are, and again, you didn't have a genre, but naturally you can kind of come to it just because the, just the guts of this town's music. Of course it's country, yeah, but it's more than that because the songwriters are here, the studios are here. The po- so I feel like you're country. I just wouldn't have ever thought you weren't. Yeah, I didn't grow up listening to country like my parents didn't, and none of my friends' parents did either. But seventh grade, somebody put on "I Go Back" on a boombox in my backyard, and I was like, "What is that?" And uh, but that's also okay. I, who yeah. I really don't like are the people that are well. If you didn't, know, if you can't, you know differentiate Merle from Waylon and it's like that is not fair yeah because you're cutting out such a wonderfully talented group of people that have the same fundamental country storytelling we don't say country but like storytelling sensibilities yeah I, I mean you just happen to be from the southeast but heck you could have been from Southern California, but it's all an understanding and how you're doing the art more than anything else. hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes, you know, when I first, when Villain exploded and I was really starting to do these interviews and press and stuff like that, I would get so nervous when people would rapid fire questions. You could have any genre or any era of country music. What would it be? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, should I 
just be fake and say the 90s. And I'm like, you want to know what? Screw it. The Rascal Flats era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am like 05 to 2011. And that's country. honestly the most fun answer to get whenever you're an interviewer talking to somebody. Yeah. And I've made jokes about how people have to be like, well, um, you know, cash. Now, luckily for me, I grew up in Arkansas and Johnny Cash was from Arkansas. My grandma was obsessed with him. So sure. I had all that forced on me. Yeah. Had I had it forced on me, I probably wouldn't have found it, yeah. right? So I don't think that there's a difference really in you hearing I go back in seventh grade and my grandma going, you have to listen to Johnny Cash because he's like us. He's from Arkansas. No difference. I don't think there is either. And I'm so excited when people tell me I never liked country music and then I heard you and I'm in. And it was like my gateway. And I think Morgan does that for the genre the best right now for, for everyone. But it's like, what is the difference of, you know? I, Everyone has, whether it's your grandma playing it for you. And I, I got a bit. I mentioned this maybe one of the last two. I got a bit that I do in my stand-up act that I talk about how people make fun of. Well, that ain't country. Well, then the only things that are country are artists of color from Africa that brought the banjo over or <laughs> right. Europeans that brought the fiddle. Yeah. Like that's literally. Yeah, none of That's them. the genesis of country music. Yeah. That's where the banjo comes from in the Southeast was slaves coming over on the slave ship. Yeah. So it's somebody that's like, well, if there ain't overalls and chewing on a straw and talking about a truck that ain't cunt. It's like you have your, the most uneducated people are the ones that say that. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of truth in country music that doesn't have to revolve around. Absolutely. Trucks. It really fires me up. Yeah. I'm talking about. Me too. Just, and I, you know, I country, I was not a cowboy. I was more of a hillbilly. Yeah. Some would say a redneck even at yeah. times, just from where I was. And so, yeah, I, don't, I never wore a cowboy hat. I won't wear a cowboy hat now because I ain't a cowboy, <laughs> and I don't want to even act like I was a cowboy ever. But when I first moved here, but because I had done pop and hip-hop and sports and alternative, and it was like, well, you're not country. I'm like, bro, why don't you come to the trailer park in Arkansas yeah. and tell me what I ain't? Yeah. You know, we're all... A 100%. Bit. So, yeah, I hate that for you. That Not just for you, but you, the understood you of people that yeah. are super talented, have a voice, an authentic message, and then you're told what you are and what you aren't. Yeah, and it's like, and if you look at it, I've now loved country music for more years than I haven't. You know, like, I've loved it for more than half of my life now, so. Yeah. Well, that being said, too, if there's like a pop star that is like struggling and they come over and want to do country, I'm like, all right, give me a break. But yeah. then there are some who love it who come over who like, Action like the, like Diplo. Diplo loves country music. He loves country, and it's music. not even his first foray into it. Like with what you no. guys are doing together, that man loves country music. It is a. Uh, it's been really fun to watch him. He doesn't have to do country music. No, I guess is my point. Sometimes they'll be like, and I don't want to take a shot at him. Like Brett Michaels, who was in Poison, who decided <laughs> to launch a country career, who's super nice. Sure, but it's like you're doing country because the other stuff's not working. New, so you're going to come over. That I don't love. Yeah, yeah. When I came here from. Austin, I was killing it. Yeah. I did not have to come here. Yeah. I wanted to come here. Yeah. And that I like. That I, was me too. Of I like, I, I could have gone to LA. Like, I really had thoughts of like, if I'm going to go more in a pop direction, artist wise, LA seems like the place to be. But I was like, I want to write country songs. Whenever you said, hey, I'm a country artist, and you started to talk to managers or publishers, were they ever like, uh, you got to date a dude? Can't date girls in country. Oh, no. Never. But also, like, no one gave me the time of day until Villain. Mm. So it was that, just they didn't say that. Yeah, I, I, like, I legit had never been contacted or answered by a single person in town until I downloaded TikTok. And did it a little late, I guess. 
not really in retrospect, but it's like 2020 and I saw Priscilla and Janakis both get deals and I was like, I have good songs too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to download it. I feel too old for the app. I was 27 at the time. I was like, I'm not dancing or anything like that. And I put up every demo I had and uh, one of them did pretty well. I was coming over from Instagram with like 2,000 followers. What was the one that did pretty well that gave you a little hope but wasn't filling? Yeah, it was a song called Two Lonely People. People still comment and want it all the time, but it's not happening. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Rakaia Marshall actually slid into my DMs. Um, She was working. So she was working as a publisher at BMG at the time. Uh, She also dated Seth England. They now have a kid together and are engaged. Got it. But um, little did I know she was trying to start her own company, but I just saw her as like, she works at BMG. Holy cow, I can get a $30,000 a year pub deal. She likes my voice, all this. And I went over to her house like three days later, met Seth, and we just listened through 15 songs, villain being one of them. And uh, I still give them hell to this day that they were, they were kind of like, let's keep in touch. Like, I don't think the songs are there yet, but let's keep in touch and... I was listening to that Matthew McConaughey book, Green Lights, while I was delivering groceries at the time. And I was like, you want to know what? This is not a red light. This is a yellow light. I've just got to post everything. And I have to really dive into this TikTok thing. And we posted Villain. And uh, I think it got like 13 million views in like three videos in a week, which like no one had done that yet in country. And Rakaia Marshall was my first call. She was like, hey, you want to do a 50-50 master deal to Mm. meet with some record labels and Get, get you a team together? I was like, absolutely. Hey, it's Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. And here's what we talked about this week on my podcast. You know, divorce is heartbreaking for any family, but it can be uniquely brutal for the family of a mega church pastor. And my guest, Brandi Wilson, is on telling her story of healing and wants women to know that divorce is not the end of their story. And they will be better than okay. Yeah, I think in doing that, I had three kids watching how I was going to react or respond. And I did a week at Onsite, which is right outside of Nashville, Cumberland Furnace. And one of the therapists there, Bill Loki, said, your child's resilience is directly impacted by the way the parent chooses to own their story, understand their story, and communicate their story. So at that point, when I kept saying, like, I got to take care of my kids and myself, I realized that taking care of my kids meant taking care of myself first. So how could I own my story, what had happened to me, not deny it, not avoid it, like own, this is what happened to me, understand it, unpack the patterns, the habits, the, the unhealthy habits that had gotten me there. And then how can I communicate what I'm learning about myself, and then even practice healthy communication in the other relationships that are in my life. So that kind of gave me a roadmap of how I wanted to be able to move forward. And it was a lot of trial and error. I have not always gotten it right. But that just allowed me to say, if I'm going to take care of my kids and myself, this is what it looks like to take care of myself first. So yeah, my kids have watched every step of the way as I've, you know, done lots of counseling and therapy and yoga. And we were talking about Allie Fallon earlier. They do a self-care workshop that I I, went this year. I went the first time they did it. And it's amazing. And that was even part of my healing to realize that I could change the neurological pathways in my brain to not hear the negative talk that I had been experiencing for so long. So, um, which directly impacted your self-worth directly impacted my self-worth and what I thought I was capable of. 
And you're capable of so much. And that's what's beautiful to see is because I think that sometimes in certain relationships, depending on the dynamic, if it's not a healthy dynamic, then someone's stunted. Right, for sure. Someone's totally stunted. And honestly, I was very stunted because I was trying to function in an unhealthy dynamic. I'm a two on the Enneagram, so I don't know. I'm just about to ask you your two number. Okay, so you're a helper. Yes, I'm a helper. So I'm really good at taking care of other people and I'm a great support system person and let me cheer you on and let me show up and help you out. And I think I'd spent so many years doing that that I'd lost who I was. So honestly, one of the biggest parts of my divorce and moving forward was identity and figuring out who am I? What do I want my life to look like? What does it look like for me to think about dreaming again? And instead of just supporting other people who are chasing their dreams begin to chase some of my own. Well, it's almost like since your early 20s, yes. you've not just been you know, a wife, but you're a pastor's wife. Yes, yes. So that's a whole nother identity in itself. <laughs> it's living in a fishbowl, Amy. <laughs> and you know, just knowing sometimes how your life is and then having to walk through those double doors every Sunday yep. and being like, here we are. Yes. Stuff it all down. Just to like simplify it, I had three sons in five years. So three boys. So by the time the third one was born, it's like I had one that could hold my hand or hold the stroller, one on my hip, and then the baby in the stroller. And my goal was to get to church on Sunday mornings without looking like I was crazy because everyone was going in all these different directions. So I remember just telling myself, if you can get there and get into childcare, and drop everyone off and still look like you're sane, then that's a win. Because everyone was watching. You knew as soon as I got out of the car and I had the three blonde haired boys and everyone knew that you were married to the pastor and they're watching to see how things happen. And lots of them are cheering you on. But at the same time, you're just aware you're being watched. And that's kind of an uncomfortable spot to be in. How did the boys feel about you writing a book? They were great about it. Honestly, they cheered me on. My oldest, he was one of the first people to read it. And he read every page and called me when he finished. He actually, it was so funny. He called me midway and he was like, you've got some good stuff in this dating chapter that I'm going to start remembering. I'm like, great. Not sure how I feel about that, but great. Then he called me at the end. And the last story I tell is actually an interaction between he and I That was really beautiful because I think behind women asking, am I going to be okay? The second question they ask is, will my kids be okay? And I can tell you that I never, ever wanted divorce to be part of my personal story, nor did I want it to be part of my kid's story. I did not want it to be a journey that they had to walk. And there's a lot of stress and just trying to, and we can never get it perfect, but trying to do the best job that we can raising our kids as we're grieving, as they're grieving, as we're figuring it out again. And super early on, I decided like I wanted to redefine family like nothing was missing. We were now a unit of four. My sons are currently 22, 19 and 17. And we were this unit of four that I referred to as us four, but we were having to refigure out how our family functioned. I chose to sell my house that I had lived in for 12 years, bought a new house for us, started creating new memories with the four of us, new traditions around the holidays, and just really focused. I don't even know that I said it out loud as much as I was just aware as a mom, one of my goals was to redefine family like nothing was missing. 
And a couple of years ago, I was speaking at a conference out West and my oldest son is in college at Birmingham. And he had said, can I watch you your talk? I was like, sure. So I sent him the link so he could stream it. And in that talk, I actually revisit a moment when the four of us were at the beach together and we're sitting by a fire outside at the beach. And we just had this really wonderful week, just the four of us on vacation, like family vacation, us with one mom and, you know, single mom and three kids and sitting by that fire and just realizing like, I did it. We did it. We redefined family and nothing is missing. We don't go on this trip and and think like, oh, this would be better if we go on this trip and enjoy being together, the four of us. So I'm retelling the story and I say like, I didn't want divorce to be part of my story. I didn't want it to be part of my kid's story. However, at this point in my life, I wouldn't change anything. I love where we are. I love who we are as a family. And when I wrapped up that talk, I went backstage to the green room and I picked up my phone and I had like seven text messages from my oldest son and and they were super sweet. It was like, I like the outfit you have on and that joke was funny and the audience, they, they're loving you. And then I got to the last two text messages. I have goosebumps every time I talk about it. But the last two text messages said, I couldn't agree more. And then the last one said, I wouldn't change our lives for anything. And I think just to know that my kids recognize that we went through a lot together and we chose to allow that to bring us together rather than push us apart. And we're actually cemented together. You know, I, I would say initially, I keep my nest really tight because we had been through so much. I, I was super protective. And we've been able to expand our nest and let other people close to our family. And that feels good too. So I think to have made it through what we went through as a family unit, man, I'm just super grateful that they recognize that it took a lot of work from all of us to be able to redefine family like nothing was missing. Let me tell you about the all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. I can tell you because I've seen the preview of the Santa Fe. It's awesome. I cannot wait to see it in real life and drive it for myself. The Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from whatever you feel like is dull in your work week. And then maybe you got an adventure plan for the weekend. So listen to this. H-Track all-wheel drive, which means you can, if you want to get on a dirt trail, go. The steeper, the better. Get to where no one else is going. Get ready to splash through puddles, kick up some mud, make some tracks, because you're going to have a blast. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe features best-in-class rear cargo space. So whether it's groceries or dogs, water bowls, treats, and toys, again, maybe you're out and about, camping gear, extra bags, whatever you need to make it a real adventure, you got plenty of room. And then available dual wireless charging pads. This is probably the feature that I'm most excited about and the thing that I'll use the most. It's great because the last thing you want to do is be anywhere with a dead phone. Especially, again, if you're going camping or if you're just driving down the road. You know, the worst nightmare for me is my phone going dead. Or just a low battery when it gets red. Oof, always got to have it charged. And with the available dual wireless charging pads, you'll be able to head as far out or stay in as much as you want. Got the charging pads, and you can navigate your way back to civilization. You got to check out the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Just go look at it. Just looking at it's awesome. HyundaiUSA.com. 
Class comparison of cargo volume behind front seats with all rear seats folded down based on primary compact SUV competitors as defined by Hyundai Motor America. Competitors within this class are Chevrolet Blazer, Ford Edge, Honda Passport, Jeep Cherokee, Nissan Murano, Subaru Outback, Toyota Venza, and Volkswagen Atlas Cross Sport. Claim based on comparison of specifications on manufacturer websites. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Let's do it live. We are the one, two, three, sore losers! What up, everybody? I am Lunchbox. I know the most about sports, so I'll give you the sports facts, my sports opinions, because I'm pretty much a sports genius. What up, y'all? It is Sizen. I'm from the north. I'm an alpha male. I live on the west side of Nashville with Baser, my wife. We do have a white picket fence at the apartment complex. Soon, I'm going to have 2.5 kids. And yes, sadly, I will die of a heart attack when I'm 72 years old. Here's a clip from the last podcast. But Because golf is all about getting under the ball, gracefully taking the ball with your club, and throwing it in front of you. It's not too far, not too short, just right. Jim Nance, CBS. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the great thing about Brian Harmon. That dude could go to Publix today. And no one would know who the hell he is. Dude, yeah. No one would know who he is. Like, he could just wear a hat, a t-shirt, and shorts, go to the damn Publix, and not a dang person would bother him. And he just won the Open Championship. And those other guys, I'm not going to name the sites, but they dig up the crap about their wife. Next thing you know, his chick's picture's all over the internet. Oh, I, I didn't see that. I'd never even seen what she looks like. And they go, who is Katie Mae Jane? Oh, great. Thanks for the bikini photo. I mean, just because the guy wins... All of a sudden, she she's everywhere. I would assume that she's she was got there. Suitors, right? I would assume she was there, and they probably kissed on the green. But I didn't watch it, so I don't know. I quit watching the fourteenth. So usually, the you know the wife comes out at the end and they kiss. So then she's thrust in the spotlight because oh, here's Brian Harmon. Here's Brian Harmon's wife. So I don't know. I don't really. That doesn't bother me as much. Yeah, I, if I'm winning one of those things, my wife, kids, family ain't there because I'm gonna reverse jinx it. Ain't no way I'm bringing my family there. I'll be there just snapping one off by myself. But maybe the family comes to every tournament. Yeah. Maybe the wife comes and goes shopping or it, it gives you some normalcy so you're not just holed up in your hotel by yourself in your room and just like thinking about it. With your wife there, you have your you can take your mind off things. But maybe they have kids. I don't know if they have kids. What patience and what beautiful wives to go and watch their husband golf. Would your wife ever come and watch you golf? 
No. <laughs> I mean, Does your wife dude, come and watch you golf? Oh, she's come before. Hey, would you hurry up? Hey, seriously, though, let's get to the clubhouse. We got to go do happy hour. <laughs> Coach, it's not. I'm like, sweetie, Bazer, the two things in golf you can't have is impatience and impatience. It totally throws off my entire swing. Also, you know what you can't have in <laughs> golf, honey? Is talking. <laughs> like, golf is a quiet sport. You see when that guy's about to hit, you're not allowed to talk in his backswing. Hey, you know how you're watching TikTok on your phone? Not in my backswing. Dude, one of the bigger fights that we got into was on the golf course. So we rarely, Whoa, we rarely hear. go. It was her. It was kind of windy out, and she felt the storm was going to be there now, and I knew it wasn't coming for about 20 minutes. And so I'm trying to hit, and she goes, Would you please hurry? In my backswing with the hybrid. What do you think I did? Yeah, I shanked a potamist it 100 yards to the left. And I'm like, I literally, that's virtually it was a hard swing already, but with you talking with the wind, yeah, my ball's now on number seven. I mean, good God. <laughs> so, <laughs> did so you no, yell at her? No, so I was just like, what are you doing? Like, we paid to play this. You can't, and she's like, it's a bad storm. And I'm like, the storm isn't here yet. We paid a significant money. Let me hit the shot. And then we're in a bad mood. And so then I go to do the next shot. And what do you know? I'd hit another bad one because I was being rushed. <laughs> and, and, and then we go to the clubhouse. We're in a bad mood. We didn't go out to dinner after that. All because wife was watching golf. Bless Brian Harmon and all the wives that do watch golf. I also find it interesting when I go to the driving range, and I saw this the other day, a dude's girlfriend sat on the bench and watched him at the driving range. Bless her. Like, what? not 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 reading a book, not on her phone, didn't have ear pods in like where she's listening to a podcast. Sore she, losers. She literally was sitting on the bench watching this dude hit golf balls at the driving range. See, and that's a dutiful wife, much like this, the wife at the sports book that goes to the sports book with her guy. That's being a dutiful wife. Not dutiful. My question is, does she have nothing she can do besides sit there and watch him hit golf balls at the driving range? What does she get out of watching him hit golf balls at the driving range? She didn't hit any golf balls. She didn't get up and swing the club. She didn't have any entertainment. Is there any entertainment value in it for her to sit there and watch her dude hit golf balls at the driving range? Spending time together, but, but five, you're not a- five feet away is middle management guy that's 100 pounds overweight and his gut's hanging out. <laughs> She was the supervisor, <laughs> making sure, is this like, oh, maybe he cheated on me before when he said he was going to the driving range, so we're going to go make sure he's going to the driving range. So every time he says driving range, she has to go to make sure he goes to the driving range? But and then maybe he's giving her a swing every five. No, she never swung the club. See, then that, that's amazing. What a beautiful woman. But do you want, like, I don't think I would want my wife to say, I don't think I would go to my wife and be like, hey, honey, you know what? You're not doing anything right now. Would you like to go sit on the bench in the 93-degree heat and watch me hit golf balls? Oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. Then when my wife is sitting there just doing nothing, not on her phone, not listening to a podcast, not reading a book, just staring at me hit golf balls, guess what I'm going to feel? Rushed. <laughs> I'm going to feel the pressure to hurry up and get done with the driving range because my wife is having 0% fun, 0% enjoyment, 
0% entertainment. She doesn't know what the hell is going on. She doesn't want to be there. She is dripping sweat like a in church on a Sunday. <laughs> so I don't understand why a – like I, I get maybe a little bit like your wife riding in the golf cart with you because you're actually spending time together. And we would sneak in a swing if there's not a marshal. Right, and she can drive the cart. She can have some fun. She can talk. No, 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 not drive the cart. That led to another fight. What did that lead to a fight? She'll never find, she never finds the ball. She doesn't know how to go towards it. And Dodd got in this with me too. Dodd agrees that it's very difficult to, because we're used to driving the cart and finding our ball. With your wife driving, it throws off exactly how you would drive the cart to the ball, and it leads to losing at least 50% more balls. <laughs> Dodd agrees with me on this one. I can also see how... You're like, over there, over there, over there, over there. And it's like you have to be a backseat driver. You don't want to be a backseat driver. Dude, it's brutal. So you put her in the passenger seat. Yes. And then, then she's not having any fun and you're getting rushed. <laughs> so I would like, I, and maybe I don't understand it. Maybe I don't get the point of the wife or girlfriend going to the golf course. If they're not going to play, I, I, don't, I don't get the driving range. I can see riding in the golf cart maybe being fun, but I feel like it's more of like, okay, I'll do this. Like, And it may be fun for a couple holes, but is it really fun? I mean, for 18 holes, which is about four hours, after about hour one, is she still enjoying herself? Or is it like, oh my God, I wish this guy would hurry up. And then you feel the pressure, your golf game goes to crap, then you're in a bad mood, and you're not and you're in a bad mood because you felt like she was rushing you. She doesn't feel no, no, just take your time. And then you're mad because your golf score's bad. Then the day is ruined, and then it's like, why did I even play golf? Honey, did you meet Arnold Palmer? I had five Arnold Palmers. <laughs> okay. He was in the clubhouse. Did you not see him at Butler Cabin? Hey, you guys, it's Caroline Hobby. I am so excited to introduce you to this clip with Moby, the one word legend Moby. When your name is one word, you know you are like on a level all of your own. Moby is so passionate about animal rights. He has it tattooed on his arms. He's using his entire platform to help change the animal food industry and give animals more rights. It is so profound to hear what he has to say. And how he became a superstar accidentally. He never planned on being a superstar. His story is phenomenal. And he also has, on the podcast with him, I talk with Lindsay Hicks, his partner in crime, on his new podcast, The Moby Pod, which is so awesome. Lindsay produced the first movie about Moby. And then they realized they have so much in common that they need to talk about all the time that they formed a podcast, The Moby Pod. So check it out. It is such a great interview. You will be enlightened. And it's just awesome to hear from the one and only Moby. I am so impressed with what you guys are doing because y'all are so, so, so deeply rooted in your calling to protect animals and the environment. And Moby, especially for being a superstar, it's like I've interviewed a lot of famous people and a lot of stars and people are so many wonderful people doing huge things with their platform and following their dreams and their callings like you have, but you are one of those people who music is just like, I just feel like you are music. That is, that is who you are. That is your innate being. 
but it's like you say this too like your actual calling you're so talented at music you're a worldwide legend but your true calling and heart is animal saving animals and like being a voice for animals and that's not always the case with superstars you know and I feel like you it, it puts you in a whole different league and mindset well uh it's funny because for a while I really wanted to be as selfish as I possibly could um and what did that look like what did that look uh, well, like? in the early 2000s, because I had never expected to have a career as a musician. I thought I was going to be a philosophy professor. Really? And make music in my spare time that maybe Why? You know, someone would listen to. But for the most part, I thought I was going to be an obscure musician who never had any success. And then in the 90s into the 2000s, I started having surprising levels of success. Like you weren't, and you weren't trying to find it. You weren't trying to get it. It just happened. Yeah, just I, I never expected it for a second. And all of a sudden, you know, like my most successful album play, I recorded in my bedroom. And, you know, the first show I did on the tour for that album was to 30 people in the basement of a record store. And then it just kept selling and ended up selling 12 million copies, which is sort of unprecedented for a record that you make in your bedroom. Why do and you think it resonated? What what connected? The only thing I can think of is that it stood out from everything else because no one else was making records in their bedroom that way. Like it, everyone else, like, you know, whether it was the Backstreet Boys or Britney or Eminem or Limp Bizkit, like everyone was spending millions of dollars going into huge studios. And I made a very sort of intimate lo-fi record in my bedroom. And somehow I think that that ethos, that approach made it just stand out to people. And, but then what happened to your question, I kind of, and I'm a little ashamed of this, but I actually learned a lot from it. I bought into that world of like going to red carpet events. And, you know, at one point having my own tour bus with an assistant whose pretty much only job was to throw parties for me. Like it was, I, I went fully down the selfish rabbit hole but you know what and why not try it when you had the access of it being available you know it's not like you were doing anything wrong to have that kind of lifestyle it just was what was unfolding I don't think there's anything wrong with trying it yeah. if you're not harming yourself until you well, realize maybe you are <laughs> yeah and also I made the mistake that so many of us make is I thought that externalities could fix my issues. Right, 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 right. You know, I thought that the love of 100,000 people in a stadium was going to, that was going to be the love that I needed, that right. good reviews in a magazine was the validation I needed that, you know, and not surprisingly, it didn't work. And I kept bottoming out and bottoming out, doing more drugs, drinking more. And in 2008, I finally got sober and I was reading an interview with the Dalai Lama that annoyed me so much because he was talking and I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not really, I'm just a, I don't know what my belief system is, but he talked about the importance of service. And I started hearing people in 12 step meetings saying the same thing, like you have to be of service. And that idea irritated me so much because I didn't want to be of service. I wanted to be selfish. But if I looked at the evidence, I realized that my selfishness 
was paradoxically not making me happy. Wow, that's some deep thinking. That's some deep diving. But it was also just the evidence was so overwhelming. You know, like I kept buying fancier things and I kept going to fancier places and hiring fancier people. And the more I spent, the more I partied, the more I tried to be selfish, the less happy I was. And I was like, oh, huh, I guess that doesn't work. Maybe it would work for someone else, but it didn't work for me. And so my, sorry for the long-winded answer, but it's the question then became, fascinating. you know, if the selfishness, the materialism and the selfishness simply wasn't making me happy, what do I do? And it, And I just thought, okay, let me try to be of service. Let me try to have values that are hopefully not selfish. And the irony, the paradox is by pursuing activism, by pursuing, you know, animal rights activism, climate activism, that activism makes me so much happier than degenerate selfishness ever did. I would love to hear your take on this, Lindsay, because you're so deeply rooted in like you're you're a producer and an actor, right? Mm-hmm. In a creative. Sometimes, yeah. You pro- you produced his movie. His movie is that how y'all met? Yeah. No, we've been friends for years, and uh, a few years ago, I was I was working at a kind of big TV production company, um, and during the pandemic, I was having this conversation with Moby of. I want to do work where I feel like it it matters in a bigger way, where it moves the needle toward a world where less people are hurting animals every day, where everyone are, is making decisions that make for a more sustainable planet. Let me tell you about the all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. I can tell you because I've seen the preview of the Santa Fe It's awesome. I cannot wait to see it in real life and drive it for myself. The Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from whatever you feel like is dull in your work week. And then maybe you got an adventure plan for the weekend. So listen to this. H-Track all-wheel drive, which means you can, if you want to get on a dirt trail, go. The steeper, the better. Get to where no one else is going. Get ready to splash through puddles, kick up some mud, make some tracks, because you're going to have a blast. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe features best-in-class rear cargo space. So whether it's groceries or dogs water bowls treats and toys again maybe roundabout camping gear extra bags whatever you need to make it a real adventure you got plenty of room and then available dual wireless charging pads this is probably the feature that i'm most excited about and the thing that i'll use the most it's great because the last thing you want to do is be anywhere with a dead phone especially again if you're going camping or if you're just driving down the road you know, the worst nightmare for me is my phone going dead. Or just a low battery when it gets red. Oof, always got to have it charged. And with the available dual wireless charging pads, you'll be able to head as far out or stay in as much as you want. Got the charging pads, and you can navigate your way back to civilization. You got to check out the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Just go look at it. Just looking at it's awesome. HyundaiUSA.com. Class comparison of cargo volume behind front seats with all rear seats folded down based on primary compact SUV competitors as defined by Hyundai Motor America. Competitors within this class are Chevrolet Blazer, Ford Edge, Honda Passport, Jeep Cherokee, Nissan Murano, Subaru Outback, Toyota Venza, and Volkswagen Atlas Cross Sport. Claim based on comparison of specifications on manufacturer websites. 
This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, it's Mike D from The Bobby Bones Show, and I have a podcast called Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. If you're like me and love movies, I would love it if you check it out. I give you spoiler-free movie reviews, movie history topics, and I keep you up to date on what's coming out in theaters and streaming. But right now, here are my thoughts on Barbie. This was one of my top 10 most anticipated movies of the summer. I think the reason is... Because it's from one of my favorite directors right now, Greta Gerwig. And really, there are only a handful of directors that in their first few films know exactly what they want to say and how they want to say it and are perfectly able to execute all the elements when it comes to just filmmaking at its finest. And Greta Gerwig is one of them. So I just knew that this was going to be a movie that we weren't expecting. And that's exactly what it is, because all I really knew going into this movie is that it's going to be about Barbie having an existential crisis, forcing her to leave Barbie world and go into the real world. And I am glad that is all I knew because somehow this movie was nothing what I was expecting, but yet everything I wanted. And I want to start first with my theater experience. The lobby was a sea of pink and you could feel the electricity. Even myself and my wife, Kelsey, we got all dressed up like I wore pink, this pink shirt I'm wearing now. I wore pink shoes. My wife wore her pink blazer. And I thought to myself as we were eating dinner before the movie, are we going to look like, you know, losers going to watch this movie because we get so excited that we wanted to dress up? But almost everybody in the theater was dressed in some form of pink. And that just made it feel like much more of an event and like a bonding experience. One that I haven't experienced in all of my years of going to movies. Not in a Marvel movie, not in a DC movie, not in any legacy action movie. This was something truly unique. So I think aside from the movie... This is going to be a moment that we remember in cinema forever. I'm always going to remember the day I went to see Barbie. And this entire weekend, Barbie Oppenheimer weekend, is something we needed in film. And Barbie is what we needed right now. So I was all in and invested in this movie. And from the very beginning, this movie just grabbed me in a way that I wasn't expecting. And very few times now, when I go watch a movie, do I get fully immersed in every aspect of it and allow myself to just lose myself in the movie going experience. This was one of them. Once we were in Barbie world, I was fully transformed and living in that world. And I loved it because Greta Gerwig did such a great job nailing every single aspect from the fashion, the music, the set design. This movie is going to win all the Oscars when it comes to set design and fashion. Like that's just a given. I don't think that's me going out on a limb saying that. There's just so much attention to detail 
that is just mind blowing to me. And I experienced something in this movie that doesn't really happen to me very often because I didn't get all the references to all the Barbies. And I had to look over to my wife who was laughing at things that I didn't fully get because I didn't grow up playing with Barbies. But after watching this movie, I wish I would have. So I think there were things in this movie that were so much geared towards true Barbie fans who played with them as a kid. I felt like when we went to go watch the Super Mario Brothers movie and I was laughing at some of the references to all these video games and looking over to my wife and it wasn't really doing anything for her because she didn't grow up playing Super Mario like I did. The script was turned here. So aside from that of not getting some of the references, this movie was really funny. It's very smart comedy. And I feel like it takes a little bit of time to get used to it and realize that the movie is in on the joke. And I think people just have different tastes when it comes to comedy. You listening to this now are going to find something funny that I probably don't find funny. So I think it's so hard to make a comedy right now that you don't really go into comedies anymore and just ah <laughs> laugh like crazy. That doesn't happen anymore. And I really think that only happens when you're a teenager or a kid. So I think adults who have expectations of going to a movie and just laughing nonstop, like that's not going to happen. You have to go see some stand-up comedy for that. What comedies have to do now is have a unique perspective and be so good at the writing and have actors who can deliver it effortlessly. And you almost have to be in on it a little bit. So this is a meta-comedy it's very aware of itself, so for those reasons, once you allow yourself to get into the style of it, you have to fully immerse yourself and want to be a part of it for it to be funny to you. But in our theater, people were laughing nonstop, and I think that also helped for me to find it more funny because when you go see a comedy like this and experience it with other people and hear what other people are laughing at, sometimes it heightens it a little bit. So if you wait to watch this movie streaming you may think what exactly is this what did people see in this movie you got to experience it with people i think that is the same with comedies and also with horror movies sometimes you can watch a good horror movie at home and still be scared but there's something about going to see a comedy and a horror movie in theaters that just adds to the experience and makes maybe things that aren't as funny a little bit more funny makes things that are actually funny hilarious so same thing with horror same thing with comedy. Go watch it in the theater and get the full experience. And I think the reason this movie was so important for me to see as a guy is it was a great commentary on what women have to go through and face every single day. The different things that apply to women that don't apply to men, the things men are able to get away with that women aren't, and all of the battles and things that women have to go through there's such a great monologue from America Ferreira in this, one of the best monologues in the last 10 years, I would say. You don't really get monologues in movies anymore, but this one was so impactful that every single line in her monologue hit. It all made a really great statement. So again, the writing in this was just excellent. So I think that scene alone needs to win an award. There is a line in this movie I related with so much. Barbie just saying, you guys ever think about death? Which just comes out of nowhere because she is such a bright and positive person, but yet she's struggling with the idea of death. And us as humans, I feel like sometimes we mask those things we are actually feeling. It's easier to just smile and fake it until you make it, but deep down inside, you could be feeling like the worst. And when she said that line and how everybody reacted, it's sometimes how I feel. Like sometimes I just have those dark thoughts that you don't know what is going on. 
And it's so easy to just kind of fake a smile and, you know, move on with your life. And that ends up being what forces Barbie to leave Barbie land and go figure out why this is happening to her. So like I said, I was fully immersed in the Barbie world. And by the end of the movie, I didn't want to leave it. So not only did it meet every single one of my expectations, but it set the bar for movies for the rest of the year for me. I'm not going to soon forget this movie. So... For Barbie, I give it a rare perfect score. It is five out of five Barbie dream houses. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully they gave you enough of a taste to go, hey, I think I might like that podcast. And then maybe you go subscribe to it. Maybe you go listen to it for the first time. There's a new episode of the Bobbycast every Tuesday. Four Things comes out every Thursday. The Sore Losers have three new episodes a week. Movie Mike's Movie Podcast and Get Real with Caroline Hobby both come out on Mondays. So every day there's something for you. So thank you for listening and I hope you have a great week. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.